Herzlich willkommen bei unserer Podcast-Reihe Banking – Heads in the Cloud, den Banking on Cloud Community Podcast von Praktikern für Praktiker. In dieser Podcast-Reihe sprechen wir mit ausgewählten Gästen aus dem Banken- und IT-Sektor über ihre persönlichen Cloud-Erfahrungen und Zukunftsperspektiven. Gemeinsam blicken wir auf die spezifischen Schritte auf dem Weg in die Cloud, die Chancen und Potenziale, aber auch die Hürden und Schwierigkeiten dabei und werfen zu guter Letzt einen Blick in die Zukunft der Banking Cloud. Die heutige Episode wird in englischer Sprache präsentiert. In dieser spricht Sandra Bauer mit Dr. Kerem Tomak. Kerem ist Global Chief Analytics Officer bei ING und Dozent für Applied Data Science an der Frankfurt School of Finance. Sandra ist Partnerin bei Deloitte Consulting, verfügt über 20 Jahre Erfahrung im Bereich Financial Services und ist Google Cloud Alliance Lead Deloitte Germany in Central Europe. Hören wir nun in das Gespräch. Well, thanks again for making this possible today, Karen. I'm happy to have you here on the podcast and we're going to talk a little bit about cloud today. So maybe if you can shortly introduce yourself one more time, what uh, your position is and what you do with the cloud going forward. Yes, thanks for having me, Sandra. Great to be uh, talking about cloud with you, especially analytics, because I'm the global chief analytics officer for ING. And uh, I have been in this uh, position for a year and a half, and we are tasked to build an analytics function that is going to help the business drive forward with data analytics. Uh, we are also the owners of Data Fluency, which is making ING a data-driven bank by the curriculum and learning procedures we have put in place to make our colleagues more data-fluent. And that's the uh, ownership we also have in our, our division. So uh, thank you for having me uh, on, on the cloud discussion as to how to use analytics resources on the clouds and why cloud is important for analytics. Yeah, let me just give you a quick outline of what we're going to talk about a little bit. So we want to go about your way to the cloud, what your cloud strategy was about. We want to talk a little bit about challenges and benefits that you see on using the technology in-house at ING. And of course, the future way and how you see the market going and what the major benefits are from using cloud for the bank and what you see as challenges, especially in that environment, because it's highly regulated, right? And then we're just going to be closing up with some future thoughts and hopefully some next steps that we can take. So having said that, uh, what does it mean for ING to actually take advantage of the cloud right now in this current setting? I know the pandemic was going on, and of course that fostered a little bit of cloud adoption especially in, in banking going forward a little bit faster than it, everybody was used to. So just tell me your thoughts on how it went at ING. Yeah, I think uh, you know, ING is a digital brand and digital-driven company. And so our colleagues are also on the average younger. And so their adoption of technology is faster. And even before the pandemic, people were using different tools like Office and Teams and so on in place. And that was pretty much accelerated by the pandemic, that we were working remotely and engaging with our team members and teams directly from Teams itself. And so cloud has facilitated and sped up the adoption of the digital ways of working. So that's the first thing. The second thing is because we were actually exploring the use of cloud, especially within the analytics team, that we were able to connect to each other on the cloud, but also explore different tools available for us on the cloud to speed up productivity. 
Uh, we have been able to share projects and information and learnings through the cloud much more efficiently and also test different tools that are open source that's available to us in a much faster fashion so we could actually test the ideas. But let's talk about what it means to use cloud for analytics and how does that ties to the cloud strategy overall for ING. We are definitely using the cloud technology from the perspective of using open source tooling that's available on the cloud. That means that we are looking into solutions like Kubernetes and solutions around open source uh, tooling for Python and TensorFlow and different self-learning algorithms that's available, made available by Google and Microsoft and others. And uh, always assessing whether those packages are useful for us and different things we do internally. And when we are able to identify those tools and different techniques, especially, like I said, within the context of self-learning, that we test those methods first and uh, see if we can use them to solve our business problems. And so our teams definitely have capabilities around advanced data science techniques uh, within the analytics team. And that includes the use of machine learning tooling and stack. And as you know, Python and uh, R and uh, TensorFlow and other tooling allows us to experiment with different ways of using algorithms to solve problems faster. So that's an ongoing part of our strategy for analytics to actually scale on the cloud by using these toolings first and testing them and then adapting to our needs. Obviously, one thing we are always careful about is making sure when we're using the tooling that's available for us that we test it on-prem and make sure that uh, all the security uh, checks and balances are put in place. And so when we are using a certain open source library, for example, we make sure that that is uh, tested, uh, screened, and approved by our IT organization. And then we only can use it uh, openly for our purposes. Also, the data that we need to use, obviously, to build these solutions, we need to make sure are non-PII. And so they are either anonymized fully or protected uh, so that we are not really using the data that is specific to ING and that always stays on-prem. And we always use uh, cloud solutions only when we have clearance from all the internal checks and balances. And only then we are uh, allowed to use cloud. Being a bank, of course, that safety and security is on the forefront of everybody's minds, right? I mean, you're dealing with transactions on, on a daily basis and any money laundering is, is, of course, one of the topics that has been discussed over and over and the fines are, you know, usually not that small. So do you have any insights on how cloud can help you in that regard? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the most important thing is that Cloud is, let's say, providing us a sandbox. And the sandbox works in our favor in two ways. One is we need to be able to learn the state-of-the-art tooling for anti-money laundering, fraud detection, any kind of pattern recognition-based applications in our business. We can test in the sandbox. And once we are able to use the sandbox to our advantage to learn these tools and techniques, then we can bring them on-prem to use these toolings on-prem 
to make sure that, like we said, that those, these tools are protected and screened for the best adoption of these tools in on-prem. And then what we are able to do is that in certain applications, we obviously use compute more so than the actual data moving and data management piece. So uh, what we are able to do is to just tap into the cloud's compute power to speed up certain processes that are independent of or are not really dependent upon uh, any PII data, but just purely computational. And then there, we can actually use the compute power of cloud to be able to have the very heavy computational aspects of these algorithms we can tap into using the cloud's background and engines. And so that extends our on-prem engines and on-prem compute power. And that's when we need cloud for the most part. And then we bring back all the actual data processing on-prem so that we can actually use the data where the data resides. Yeah. So basically, you're leveraging the cloud to speed up your development process, make sure that it works properly, and then redistribute that back into your um, on-prem deployments Correct. to to utilize it going forward. Correct. Correct. Um, one other, yeah, one other area, for example, you can mm -hmm. think of as simulations. Mm -hmm. that uh, require quite a lot of heavy compute power, especially if you're running different kinds of scenarios for different market conditions or even potential attack scenarios to our environments. You can think of heavy compute power enabled by cloud to be used in our favor. And we have several use cases that are actually doing that using the compute power of the cloud to run thousands and thousands of scenarios at the same time uh, to see what might be a potential app or potential loophole in our implementations. And then so take an action based on what the scenario results might tell us. Well, based on your experience, we've seen a lot of traction going on with moving data warehouses to the cloud, implementing data mesh, for example as a new well kind of it's not really brand new of course it's it's like utilizing the capabilities in, in different environments and, and not duplicating data sets but uh, also the concept of data lakehouse for example is there something that you actually have been seeing value of where you can leverage the cloud for doing those kind of scenarios going forward yeah, outside ING, potentially independent of ING I see benefits but we have to be very careful as the bank that we need to make sure the data resides where the data is collected. Right. And so it's usually residing on our prem and we do not use cloud-based lakes as of yet. We see the benefit of it, but I think it is very dependent upon what the EU conditions tell us as to what we can can't use in terms of implementing data warehouses and data lakes on the cloud. Outside the financial services area, I see tremendous benefits of using cloud uh, for the lake implementations. Extension of existing lakes with full protection of the lake infrastructure is a possibility. Again, but that's dependent upon what we are allowed to do from the DPO office as to what is allowed to be put on the cloud we have to abide by. Right. And so if the lake, if let's say we can think of a lake instance where the data on the lake is fully protected and secure, uniformly, let's say, anonymized and pseudonymized, and that the data is pretty much stripped off of the PII part of the data, 
then I can see us using it. But unless that's guaranteed and proven and that's also approved by the DPOs, it's really mm-hmm. hard to use that environment for us. Yeah, I, I see the adoption rate of public cloud, of course, in, in the FSI space is, is limited to a certain extent. Um, we see a lot of traction also in the, the ESG environments that we've been working with. So the ESG strategies are put in place, you know, the reporting on ESG data is becoming more prominent as the yeah. data are approaching. So you would utilize a lot of other data sources that are not privately owned, right? Is that something that you see in the future coming up? 100%. Definitely, uh, we are looking into procuring different kinds of data to build our ESG intelligence. We have started to actually build solutions around what can we provide to our colleagues who are looking at our loan portfolio uh, to see how can we look into the sustainable assessment or sustainable portion of our portfolio, how much of it is measurable, what kind of measures we should put in place. How can I actually, as a relationship manager, look at my client portfolio and encourage our clients to uh, be more sustainable, environmentally friendly, and so on? So those kinds of activities we are already engaged in, it's essentially a continuous kind of evaluation of what other data sources can we bring to ING to enrich our own data from different industries, from different parts of the world, from publicly available data that we can actually tap into. Obviously, cloud is a good entry point for us that we are continuously assessing and looking into. You know, that's going to be a continuous learning process for us because we need to understand you know, what are some of the available data sources out there either we can purchase or we can actually use, really. And as you know, majority of this effort goes into cleaning up data, putting it together. Uh, that's eighty percent of the <laughs> work. And collecting, making yeah, 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 usable. Making, yeah, exactly. Making sense of the data is the first yeah. job we have. And, so. and just on, on another note, on the same thing, do you see, in your perspective, going forward? I mean, metaverse or you know, quantum computing. Those are all things that people are constantly coming up with, like not the new the new and latest and, and greatest things. Do you see that happening in, in the marketplace and, and having a big impact on what you actually as an analytics officer have to deal with or is it something that is like yeah, we have, to do? Yeah, yeah we, I mean, obviously, uh, when we have time from our daily work, <laughs> we also engage in innovation. We also engage in our right. have active partnerships with universities in, the, in and around Netherlands. We have an AI lab fintech lab that we have actually started a couple of years back and in collaboration with TU Delft, University of Amsterdam, Twente, these are very prominent technologically and kind of forward-looking environments and universities for us that we collaborate with on a continuous basis. And quantum computing is one of the arms of research that we engage in. And there are many other things that we also look into for, uh, you know, either coming up with new algorithms or new ways of automating the business kind of implementations, but also more sophisticated algorithms for fraud detection, anti-money laundering. We engage with uh, universities that I just mentioned. 
And quantum computing is definitely in the forefront of all of these efforts, looking into quantum algorithms that we could use for fraud detection mm -hmm. uh, or any other specific algorithms we can actually look into to implement on quantum computers. Long story short, we experiment with these areas. We continuously look into these areas. And with an eye on, I always tell my team, whenever we engage in a research field, we want to make sure that the result of this research ties into a tangible product on ING side, uh, because we want to get, obviously, a certain return investment. But on the flip side, it's also a, a investment for talent that we hire from universities. And so it goes both ways. And we uh, continuously look into these environments and uh, new, new research areas. Metaverse is interesting because it's a whole new concept. It touches on crypto, it touches on uh, Web 3.0. Uh, I think that's the part that is interesting for us to look into, keep an eye on. Mm -hmm. It's very, very early stage yeah. uh, for us to find out what's the financial services aspect right. of Metaverse. Obviously, there is some um, uh, use of and the adoption of uh, crypto on fintech or Web 3.0 environments. So. Uh, Long story short, we are looking into it. Uh, do we have anything concrete? Not yet. So um, coming back to the public cloud discussion, and ECUC is <laughs> also something that can be leveraged. How do you see ING's cloud strategy evolving over the next five to 10 years? What's your thought? We are actively participating in ECUC uh, since the beginning of it. We are always contributing to different thought pieces and different position papers that are part of the ECUC efforts. Um, ECUC obviously is a coalition of the banks uh, to talk about what the banks should think about or should do or should work towards within the cloud context. I think the secure use and adoption of cloud for the compute power that the cloud has is probably the most important piece. And you know, my thoughts around adoption of cloud, I think it depends critically on the interactions between EU at the EU level and the US and the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, that we already have contributions and thoughts around. So it really is important that we drive the agenda forward and make sure that we are participating in the future of the cloud adoption in EU. But again, I have to stress this is an EU-level effort. Uh, we contribute to it from different aspects like data protection and legal and IT. So it's not just an analytics effort. Mm -hmm. Analytics is an end user of it and really passing the requirements to this group as to what analytics needs to happen from the adoption of cloud and the use of data on the cloud and algorithms on the cloud. But we are the consumers of it, not necessarily the drivers. In five to 10 years, to be honest, cloud will have quantum aspects, will have ties to metaverse, Web 3.0, and the convergence of the digital and offline worlds will accelerate, and cloud will be a critical enabler of this acceleration. And uh, from the financial services perspective, injecting liquidity into this environment obviously is an interesting idea, and uh, yeah. we have been thinking about that. But I'm definitely very interested in how analytics can contribute to understanding mm -hmm. metaverse, understanding the use of quantum algorithms to speed up things from analytics perspective, obviously. 
is uh, something we look at continuously. So that's good topics for our next podcast then in a couple of months. <laughs> Looking forward to it, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for all your answers and your thoughts on how the public and cloud is going forward in the banking industry. Thanks for all your nice contributions and um, looking forward talking to you again in the future. Thank you, Sandra, for having me. Uh, looking forward to discussing again for the future of analytics, clouds, metaverse, any topic that uh, I would love to share my thoughts around. Let's connect again and look forward to next time.